Words of Candyman, a podcast where we are not talking about Candyman, which used bees that were 12 hours old so that they were large enough to look like adult bees, but their stingers weren't as strong. We're not going to be talking about that here because instead we're talking about the show Sweet Tooth. I'm Alex. I knew the bee nanny over at the Candyman movie. Raised him up just the right number of... I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we Stop are it, Pete. Put, it, put the candy away. We're not eating. No, no, put it away. This is uh, ludicrous. With this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about season two, episode three, chicken or egg, and we're going to be reviewing Cadbury cream eggs. Woo. And legitimately, this is not a joke. I know we like. It sounds like we're joking about Pete's candy problems here on the podcast. Bef- no as problem. we started, he was like, "So when can we eat?" And I already had it half unpeeled. Yeah, you re- close it. Put it away from you. Put it across the room so you can't reach it like an alarm clock. My God, he has the Easter Bunny held hostage <laughs> next to him on this camera right now, gagged and bound. He's making him poop out more Cadbury eggs that he's eating because that's where they come from, right? Cadbury insane, eggs. insane. Just hold off for I don't know, ten, twenty minutes, maybe something like that. We don't it's spend so a ton of time. Difficult. Talking about it. I'm so close to finally getting able to eat this. Your life is weird. Okay, so your life is weird. (laughs) Just to get into it and get into spoilers for the episode, a quick bit of recap here. We're finally getting to big bits of mythology for the show. We are finding out about Project Midnight Sun. We get to meet, I believe her name is Julian Washington, who is giving a speech at Project Midnight. And what happens here is that Singh takes Gus back to Project Midnight to find out if it sparks any memories. Ultimately, it doesn't exactly, but they find out a lot of stuff about what was going on back in the day. They find out about Professor Miller, a.k.a. Birdie, and her project with chickens. Uh, We find out a potential for some sort of cure. And at the same time, we meet a new hybrid who is named Peter, Appropriately, he's a crocodile. It's a little Peter Pan joke going on there. You get it. And please stop. Please stop. This is (laughs) if you thought Pete was talking about, oh, poor Peter Crocodile, what happens to him in this episode? No, he was going, oh, I'm going to eat some candy like a little baby. Anyway, uh, at the same time, Amy and Jep are bonding in Factory Town, I believe is the name of it. Yeah, classic town. And almost cross paths with General Abbott, who is doing a tour around to try to jump up interest with the three. Ultimately, it leads to him revealing, hey, I have a cure for the sick. Only he doesn't. He ends up killing the guy who he said gave the cure. Sad day for that guy. Like, real roller coaster of emotions uh, going on there. I mean, the high was pretty high, though. He was like, I'm cured, sick, let's do this. Yeah. Now he's dead. And meanwhile, oh, yeah, Bear and the Blondie decide to sign up for The Last Men by the end of the episode. So lots of big moves going on here. Yeah, the Station Eleven crew uh, rolling through, uh, going to taking a decidedly different turn by the end of the episode. <laughs> I think Not so. chasing art in theater, but chasing a mil- career in the military. <laughs> so we are getting a lot of, as usual with the show, mind you, like I was going to say, we're getting a lot of like separate paths going. They're always very strong on theme on the show. That's one thing that yeah. I've been thinking about. Like, and it, the titles are so specific, like the chicken and the egg. Of course, it's playing off the fact that we're talking about chickens here, but it's also where do these things begin and where do they end? That's what every single one of these storylines is dealing with. My favorite one, which I'll throw out there right at the top, and I'd love to talk about, is the Jep and Amy one, which I thought was so emotionally affecting, particularly this point in the middle where they meet a woman who's just waiting 
to talk to her wife on the phone since the beginning. Ah. Ultimately, Jep has this beautiful talk with her where they're like, hey, we don't think you're crazy. We understand you want to wait. He goes in for the hug first, bro. He's, you know, guy's smart. You you do anything for a Jep hug, right? Oh, come on, man. Uh, Fuck what I do for a Jep Jep hug. (laughs) Wrong candy. Uh, You could really live live for years in uh, a Jeopard hug. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. The cozy factor alone is, you know. The heat. It's like a yeah. hammock. It's like a meat hammock. You know what I mean? Oh, it sounds so warm and cuddly. Yeah. A hot meat hammock. Well, what um, did you I, think about I, the storyline? Yeah, go ahead. I, I liked it. Um, it reminded <laughs> not, me not a lot. Not to take away from the meat hammock discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Anybody I'm, I'm just, hungry? Anybody I'm crazy just, hungry? Because when you smell chocolate, you just want to eat it. Here's the thing about being crazy hungry, not to keep veering into this. This is not going to make you not a hungry Pete. There is not enough food. If you think candy is a meal, you have a lifelong struggle and your dentist uh, in your your future. Uh, But what I was going to say is Factory Town, their whole storyline reminded me of Northern Exposure, that TV show back in the day, where it's just like – like a post-apocalyptic version of that, where it's like sort of this quirky story, a woman waiting for the call. They're also waiting for a call. And and they're bonding. They're getting close. Yes, Alex? No, all I was going to say, this is a terrible thing to interject into the middle of you talking about the storyline, but have you ever seen a movie called Stay Tuned? Yes, yes. Okay, so they go to a bunch of TV stations. There's this stupid joke in the middle there where they it, – so it's a bunch of TV yeah. stations in hell. And I can't <laughs> believe you're bringing this up. This is, a, this is more of a <laughs> stretch a than um, we ever – uh, One of the jokes, one of the TV shows they go to is Northern Overexposure. Yeah, it's just people frozen to death. That's pretty much it. So there you go. And that's what that That show was of. never – that's good. That's good. It's a long it's, walk. That sure show is, is never – the thing is, that show is never popular enough to warrant that reference. But also, Stay Tuned is a movie that almost no one saw, so it's a perfect it's uh, a perfect chicken storm of nothingness. And <laughs> yeah. now you can now you can put our show, this podcast, into that Venn diagram. Wait, well, yeah. Surely, yeah. Yeah. that don't matter. <laughs> We're already on the Wikipedia page for all of those things, I'm sure. But I like them bonding. I like their sort of um, they're sort of the parents of the show. Uh, there there are two sets of parents, I guess. You have mm-hmm. uh, Singh and his wife, and then Amy and Jeff. And they are, um, they don't, like, they're all in such different places. This episode, we get to see Amy and Jep sort of coming together while the Sings are sort of um, a little bit diverting, I would mm-hmm. argue. Um, so yeah. it was nice uh, to get him back to Factory Town. I like the story. I like that they're like, we got to get some bangers. I like the sort of joke where they're like, we got to meet these guys. They're the best. And then it cuts the to their graves. The <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, that's a horrible <laughs> prank. Can't miss them. Yeah, uh, that's a fucked up prank. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this whole setup. I feel like this almost, almost you know, uh, there's a lot of post-apocalyptic fiction and we've been talking about Station Eleven a little bit. I think this was a little more on the side of Station Eleven, this town. But this almost to me felt more like fantasy city like oh, like a Lord of like the Rings RPG, exactly, oh. exactly what I was thinking of. It's like when all the like Final Fantasy three characters are like, "Well, now we're in this town. What are the mysteries here?" And you go to the gravesite, but then you find a jewel, and then you take that jewel and you take it to the bar and you give it to the dancer, and she dances, and you learn a spell because of her dance. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that dismissively, like not like, oh, it felt like a video game so much as even that mini mission of, oop, we got to figure out a way to get this lady away from her phone <laughs> and enough yeah. time to get a call. All of that stuff, the villain coming into the town, it felt like almost these cutscenes. scenes. Uh, 
good. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And all the stuff with Jep, I just, I think it points to the kindness of this show as well. Just the idea that yeah. they weren't like, we got to find a way to trick this lady to get away from the phone so much as like just talking to her human to human. I thought yeah. was really lovely. Yeah. Well, and that's an underlying message of, I think, this show, like stepping back into a larger thematic thing, like you were saying, like the show does a good job of sort of we're seeing all these characters because they're kinder and more thoughtful than all of the, everyone else in the world around them. Um, and so we keep we, there's a lot of threads in this episode. We keep pulling them a little bit tighter and a little bit tighter because I think this is a sort of light criticism. But the first couple episodes, I was like, God, we're jumping around. And the themes feel a little muddy, but you see as the episodes go on, everything's just getting tighter and more pointed, and I I really like that. Well, what's nice is we have some real kind of like closure on some stuff in this episode where we have this kind of like we get to see kind of how it all started with, you know, Gus being kind of shown to the world in this videotape, and we get some real answers in this because it's been a lot of wandering around in the woods, and now we're finally getting some like key parts of how this kind of like post apocalypse. Well, except here's the thing is, is that how it started? I mean, the title is chicken and the egg, right? And we're getting to see, Ooh, they invented Gus, but that's stuff that they got off of a boat that was trapped in the ice for hundreds of years. So where did that come from? So Mm. they are opening up these mysteries, but there are other mysteries to be solved at the same time. Um, and the other thing that I guess you could point to, not to get you know too esoteric about it, but because I don't think they necessarily get into it this episode, but like to jump over to the Gus stuff at Project Midnight a little bit, he gets to see where uh, Papa used to work, which we got to see a little bit last season. So yeah, that was the nice. Flashback finds that very quickly in terms of uh, where where his dad's toolbox was. Um, yeah, so. That's his origin, like that's his parent, but also Bertie is parent, but also he came from this place. But also, you know, who are Gus's parents at this point? Who are his family? And I think that's a question that they're starting to raise here as he finds out his origins, as he gets to see this videotape of his mom. Meanwhile, Jep and Amy, like we're talking about, that's kind of potentially down the road, his mom and dad. So... Uh, are they his future family? Are the other animal kids his family? Where where does that loyalty lie? And then Bear being sort of like the older sister figure, mm-hmm. but like like Mama Amy just wasn't. She barely Mama? knows Gus. Mama, uh, <laughs> she barely knows Gus. They hung out for like a couple minutes, really, right? So it's like they. She's like a mother figure to the other hybrids, but not to him. So like, there's definitely a lot of like these people occupy these roles, but I think may, maybe it's an easier fit. It's like last season, Jeopard being the father was like he was like, I'm not this. I'm not good at this. Why am I doing this? Uh, and in this season, I feel like because he misses Gus, he feels more parental. But in practice, are any of these people good at being caretakers for these kids that have never been taken care of anyway? So it's a lot of interesting. We're assigning roles to them, but emotionally, I think all of them aren't there yet. While we're talking about kind of big questions of the show, I mean, this episode really feels like it's very big chicken, you know, like – you know, listen, pro chicken, you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, they're really kind of being like, your chicken's the way to go, everybody. You know, the price of mm-hmm. eggs is so high. Like, you should have chickens mm-hmm. around because it could save the world someday, you know? And it was like, all right, let's take it easy with the, you know. Unless, of course, the, the disease was incubated in chickens and then spread that way. Yeah. But when have chickens ever caused any sort of disease? I can't think of anything offhand. 
Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just eating some raw chicken. I just got to finish this, and then I'll answer your your chicken question, Pete. Yes. Uh, a couple of quick things that I wanted to mention. These are two random notes, but just before I forget them, uh, one, while we were talking about the Birdie Gus video, we find out, I think we find out for the first time that his name is Genetic Unit Series 1. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Big revelation, but also like a little bit of a gut punch in a way. It's sad that, oh, his name comes from this project. Yeah. Um, Very very uncreative and kind of, you know, lazy on the mom's part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's lazy on the bomb's part. Or... I think it's much harder to come up with an acronym. They always do. Yeah, but then if that's the name of the project, you know, you don't have to like call him that. You know what I mean? Like maybe put some mouse on it or, you know. Uh, I mean, what, what's the Pete? What does that stand? Because you're, you're an acronym too, right, Pete? Yeah. Um, person um, extra tired every day. That's, you, that's what you. That's what Pete stands for. I mean, he'd like to make he'd like to make it. Person eats the egg, but we're not quite yeah. there yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. nice. Person eats no, the egg. Put it down. Put it down. It's still in the foil, Pete. Put it down. And see, here's what we're doing. We're also showing how what great parents we are because we're actually we're more like dog parents, where it's like, yeah. hey, Pete, yeah. Peter, yeah. Yeah. drop mm-hmm. it. The other thing that I wanted to mention, we've skipped over the biggest moment in the episode, is when Abbott is giving the speech, he takes off his glasses. That was very weird to me to see his eyeballs unfettered with those red glasses. Pete, you're looking to me, it looks like you were not as disturbed by this moment. No, I mean, he does. Are you talking about like the flip up moment where he's like flipping the lenses? No, when he's giving the speech, he straight up takes off his glasses and yeah. reveals oh, his eyes. Makes him more of a person. Yeah, I know. He's human. trying to relate to the class, uh, the, but it freaked me out. <laughs> the dramatic glasses reveal. Yeah. Uh, eyeball, eyeball reveal. Uh, yeah, that was a, what a, revel- <laughs> what a revelation. Did you, you did that the other day, glasses. right? You did an eyeball reveal on Twitter? Yeah, it was crazy. People did not see it coming. <laughs> Open your third eye, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but what I uh, the um, the scene with Abbott where they cure and they have the fake cure, which is um, which they do a good job of showing, but don't really telling. They take the um, hybrid, the the cure, the temporary cure, but they've been extracting from the hybrids after they kill them, injecting the guy to show that he has the cure. I thought was like. Such a diabolical thing, and then killing the guy right afterwards, like we said, what a roller coaster for him. But really showing, because Abbott is, he's definitely a villain, he's a jerk, but he also seems crazy yeah. a lot of the time. And in this was like diabolical and very deliberate. So mm-hmm. it's interesting, it felt like he's more of a villain now, rather than just and a also- casual weirdly into music like he was driving around for a while before he felt the song enough to be like no this is the good time to kill somebody like like right he right here's the mm-hmm. sweet spot i'm right i also feel like is nobody spot. gonna miss that guy that they supposedly cured like he was miraculously cured i feel like one of my reactions after oh my god there's a cure for the sick isn't that great is i'd want to see that guy the next day and be like yeah. hey how you doing you still feeling well and if he's missing i'm gonna have some questions yeah well but i gotta think though if you're cured and you get to go off with big time general guy it's like well lucky dave yeah that's true he got to go be famous because yeah he, he got, got to go him. live at a farm upstate and he's running and playing and oh, just having the best God. time just the best 100 probably eating canberra eggs whenever he wants <laughs> put it down <laughs> put it down put it down uh, or get out of town that's what i already uh, that's say. right yeah. 
The um, should we talk about um, uh, seeing in his wife and like mm-hmm. their because uh, I feel like she's starting to feel bad about all the sacrifices that have been made to keep her alive. About time. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think it's starting. I mean, I think she is straight up terrified of Abbott. She hates everything that's going on here. As soon as she's realized that the animal kids are kids and seen them for the first time, um, yeah. I mean, there's that scene where Ronnie goes to talk to Wendy and she gives them the vegetables. She's on yeah, their yeah. side. She is. Yeah. She is not on side Singh. She, she's not on side Abbott. I think she's almost not on side Singh as well. Yeah, because she knows now what is going into her body and what is keeping her alive. And I don't think she thinks it's worth it. No, I think she doesn't. But she also doesn't. And she knows that her husband can't not do it like he needs to. He's obsessed with finding this cure because he thinks that he's very close. And she's like she knows he's doing it for him, but she can't do it. He's doing it for her, but she can't deal with the guilt that he's doing it for her. So it's this very complicated web that it does feel like she wants to get off the train a little bit, which is sort of a scary thought. Because it could unhinge Singh, which will then put all of our hybrid kids in danger, specifically Gus. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically Genetic Unit Series 1, which is what I call him from now on. From now on. Oh, this was – sorry, I know I'm jumping all over the place here, but I'm just looking through my notes. Getting back to the whole Sing Gus exploring the compound thing, one thing that I was a little surprised about, they had this great horror movie set up with Mm. Gus playing around with the lights and being like, ooh, this light stays on and then it becomes dark over there and I jump over here. I really thought they were going to use that later on for like a classic – Light turns out over here, goes dark over here scenario. And then Yeah, for the alligator attack where it was very intense, that could have been a real horror moment. Yeah. Well this show is sort of a a a little reveal. A a what a what reveal? Peter reveal. A Peter reveal. You can go to jail for that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have that problem regularly, Pete? Nope. <laughs> we would, I did I did an eyeball reveal. We did a Peter reveal on Twitter, and boy, was it controversial. <laughs> uh, the I mean, the Gator guy, uh, Peter is. Um, he is. He, they were like, he's a kid. I was like, he seems like a grown up. He has mm-hmm. grown up arms. Uh, but he yeah, was, was uh, scary. This was, I, I love the animal kids on the show. They are giving me life every time I see them or however you want to phrase it. Peter Crocodile was a little iffy for me. I appreciated the effort put in there. But the mix between, mm, I think this is an adult wearing a mask, and then mm, I think this is some CGI with a crocodile head, and then, oh, that is clearly somebody's hand in there, was yeah. a little like, all right, maybe this one didn't work, guys. Well, and I see why they wanted him to be more crocodile than kid because everyone needed to be sort of fully scared of him scared at first. Of, yeah. And it's about uh, Gus sort of seeing through all that and seeing the person underneath. But it sort of made him too crocodile mm-hmm. I wanted him to be, um, at the end of the day, more kid somehow. But and I, I think a- if they did the horror version with lights on and off, I think they could have gotten away with having him be more of a true hybrid. Mm-hmm. I did appreciate all of his pent up aggression and rage, you know, when first meeting people, just attack first, you know what I mean? Just to be mm-hmm. safe. What? And I don't know if you saw, but the reason he was so angry is because there was a little fishing pole with a Cadbury egg right in front of him, and he <laughs> yeah, couldn't yeah, ever he get understand. it. Yeah. He could never get his mouth around it. Yeah. Yeah. That's did why you, we have the- Pete, did you like the fact that the soldier, the big hulking soldier that's uh, walking around with him, his name is Hulk? Did you catch, catch on to that? I did not, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cool. There you go. That's what you find out when you turn the captions on. I was like, oh, they never said that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fun uh, deep dive reveal. Help. 
The uh, so what did come first, the chicken or the egg? I mean that in oh, reality, boy, obviously, but also sure. in the nature of the show. Uh, the idea here being hybrids or disease, I guess, or sick. Man, I don't know. I I kind of feel like it's gotta be the sick, right? Like the sick causes the flowers, which somehow also causes the hybrids, something like that. Uh, unless it was creating Gus and that was the thing that caused the sick. And by the way, I don't legitimately remember what happens in the comic book. So I also purely be speculating maybe based on knowledge of the back of my brain, but I don't remember. Yes. I, um, I agree with you. I think it was sick first. Cause I also think, um, the idea that Gus will eventually feel guilt, I feel like, for the, the sick being involved in his creation. But I think the idea is something miraculous also came from it, and the cure for the sick is being brought about, uh, potentially, by Gus. Yeah. Oh, look at the time. We should eat. No, hold on, hold on. There's hold still on. some other stuff to talk Come about. On, um, we haven't really talked about the bear and the blondie sequences too much yet <laughs> i did write down a note later on i was like wow this is like rejects from hair so i've like particularly that camp hanging out with oba and opa where everybody was just sitting around and singing and having a nice time weird, yeah. weird group weird group that's all this this story is a little weird like i don't know what because it felt like ooh, bear likes this guy but now the guy's sort of a jerk it seems mm-hmm. like and so it's like who do we like here because i want to be like bear leaf yeah. Leave these people. <laughs> you it know feels now- like to me, knowing that uh, she, uh, by the end of the episode, she finds out that, like, there's a bunch of animal kids, the Essex Zoo. She's figured out that, okay, Gus is probably there. Maybe Jep is there as well. So I got to figure out a way to get there and potentially free them is, I think, the pretty clear takeaway of what her goal is in terms of running out and signing up with the last men. Um, but... Uh, it, to me, this feels like, okay, we need to explain how Bear gets from this house to over to this place where everybody's back together by the end of the season. Uh, yeah. And they've invented these other characters, which, mind you, they set up uh, a pretty good conflict here with her, which is Blondie reveals that Animal Army killed his family, right? His parents? Yep. Is yeah. Is that it? Okay. Um, so that seems like a secret that's going to come out at some point. Maybe Bear was involved in that some way. So maybe it's paying off in something, but right now it does feel a little wandery. Yeah, agreed. Um, one thing I wanted to say, uh, like, do you feel like with it being Factory Town that Bruce Springsteen definitely would live there? Isn't that like think- the ultimate expression of a Springsteen song? Oh, oh man, probably. Do you I think Springsteen love- was that guy who was sick? Oh, and he got killed. That's a oh, sad man. reveal. Yeah. I uh, I did love how the uh, the evil bearded guy was like, "Yo, uh, what's the name of this place? Uh, Factory Town. I love you guys. You guys are my favorite." Oh man, uh, I thought that was a funny moment. Classic uh, yeah. Springsteen move. Oh, elsewhere in my notes, I wrote down Bear brings Patrick Swayze from Point Break up to speed. So, <laughs> wow, you really nice. ding it! I had him as surfer. I don't, know. I don't know what his name. Have they said his name? And then I just call, started calling him Blondie. So that's better yeah. than what I got. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? What else from the episode should we call out? I'm sure we skipped by a bunch of stuff. I, I really like the Roddy Jotty friendship. He's, I know I always talk about Johnny every episode, but he's such a lovable dude. And it feels like she's playing him 
in doing the Scrabble game, or at least she's using him as a substitute for Singh because Singh said, absolutely, I'll come back. We're going to play our Scrabble game. And clearly he didn't. So there's clearly some bubbling resentment going on there. And I, Ronnie is also very much the smarter person in the relationship between her and Johnny. But, but I don't know. I, I like the two of them together. Well, and of all these, like, I feel like we're getting more time with him because he has something to contribute. And like, mm-hmm. at this core, there may be like a good person underneath. Yeah, um, uh, I did. I do uh, also appreciate the fact that like, you know, they do ha- like Gus does have like kid moments that are kind of fun. Like the him having fun in this, uh, the stairwell was kind of adorable. Uh, but he does kind of throw down the uh, gauntlet when he says to the doc, he goes, if you hurt Peter, like, I'll never help you again. You know. And as a Peter, how did you feel about that? I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you got to go all in, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> if Peter <laughs> dies, we all die. Wow. Third person. What a huh? statement. Yeah. <laughs> really put yourself into a character. Hey, you ever notice on these Cadbury eggs, it's like a star thing. I never noticed that before. What it's are you doing? Star. What are you doing? Put it back in the wrapper. Put it back in the wrapper. You're going to smell on, it too man, we're much. We're past no. the time. Once it's the time, what? The time when you have no more patience? Because I think we passed that a long time ago in our lives. A couple other things. First off, Scrabble pick. Do you guys, when you're playing Scrabble, do you often find prophetic words laid out in your tray? All the time. Uh, the amount of games that I've gotten Doom in my letters, and I just mm. sort of slide it over ominously. Um, That's why I don't lot, play with you anymore. A lot. A lot of See, I get, I get mood a lot. Mm. You think that's... <laughs> I, I get Odom. We, we Leslie Odom. To, Leslie Odom Jr., yeah. Uh, that's great. I, got, I, was, I was just playing uh, Scrabble, and I got... Don't let Pete eat chocolate for my letters. It is weird. Uh, I'll just mention just as Scrabble rules on the Leslie Odom Jr. thing in case anybody's wondering or going to call us out on it. We allow all uh, proper nouns and also cast members of Hamilton. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Huge potential opportunity there for Trevor Well, anyway, good episode. Uh, It was a good episode. It was a good good episode. One more thing we should talk about. uh, Yes. Because the... um, the reveal that um, the kids find out, mm, the hybrid kids find yes, out about um, what happened with Roy. Oh, yeah. uh, and that was too bad. Uh, because also- Gus Gus sort of was like, he, we have we, this conjuring of uh, Puba here. And like he was lying like his dad did to protect his friends. But I think we learned the takeaway from season one was like, it was good for a while that he was lying to Gus. But in the end, it's not great. And mm-hmm. messed up a lot of things. And then Gus is taking that lesson here, and it just has come come to him. Well, I think you brought this up the last episode, if I remember correctly. But this show really, in a sense, is all about Gus growing up and learning how to be an adult and learning how to be a responsible member of society or however you want to say Even it. a broken society. Exactly. Post-crumble. So part and of Gus that- also stands for grown-up soda. <laughs> so. so this is part of learning this he made a lie to try to protect people as if they were kids and they found out about it lies always come out eventually so no i tell some lies that are still doing pretty well yeah. oh yeah just trucking along real nice <laughs> great yeah <laughs> you can live a lie nice. you can really live a lie if you do it hard enough you know yeah i love you oh boy <laughs> I love chocolate. Let's do this already. Come on. All right. Well, that was the truth. So why don't we move on? Appropriate to the theme of this episode, we're going to be talking about Cadbury cream eggs. See what well, we did there? We okay. well, eat chicken, but... Cad- Cadbury uh, creamed chicken? Candy. <laughs> no, just have chicken. 
You know, but we can do chicken and a biscuit. That's not a candy, but it is a good cracker. Justin, what's going on? You went to the local uh, gas station. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, Alex, you famously have a some sort of Willy Wonka esque gas mm-hmm. station that has all candy. I went to so many pharmacies and grocery stores to try try to find Cadbury cream eggs, and we're taping this, and it's like Easter sort of just happened. Mm-hmm. Could not find a single Cadbury cream egg, so I have a dozen mint caramel Cadbury mini eggs. Oh, nice! So you're you gonna see? eat all of them? Yes, mm-hmm. that's what you need me to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, and this is like marked down. Mouth, man. This was marked down like seventy-five <laughs> percent off, and there's still no yeah. Cadbury cream eggs. By the shocked. way, just to mention, that's what uh, Pete uh, did in his tweet thread. He was like, "Peter reveal," and then up next it was, "How many can you put in your mouth?" <laughs> Look at you laughing. Look at Alex laughing. I'm having a good time. Um, This is one of my favorite candies, I want to say, before I even open it here. I really like Cadbury cream eggs. I know they're not to everybody's taste because they're a ludicrous amount of sugar. But yes, the last time I had a full on Cadbury cream egg, I was like, this is poison. Also, the viscosity at which the inside is kept is is like inhumane. It's they're also science. tricky. Like you got to get once they're past the stale point. If you bite into them, they crack. You get that gross stuff in the middle all over everything. Just like a real egg, exactly. Mm. Um, hey Pete, when you finished yours twenty five minutes ago, did you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, this is very good. I like this it, a lot. Well, here is the thing: the cream is a little much. I do like in the smaller ones. Like the size Justin has, the mm. cream isn't so overpowering. Mm. It's a nicer combination of uh, or nicer ratio of chocolate to cream. That mm. does because feel like part of the appeal to me, though, is it being a little too much with the stuff in the middle. It takes mm. a couple of bites to eat. You got to be careful with it. Otherwise, it's going to spill everywhere. So it takes a little more time relatively, yeah. I guess, to eat than other candy, which I like. I would say that's true, Alex, but I always watch Pete take it down like he was in an egg-eating contest uh, at a local bar or something. Um, and I also like um, and around Halloween they start releasing, um, and it's pretty gross, but Halloween uh, Cadbury Scream Eggs, which is the same hmm. thing, but the cream in the middle is green, so it looks like you're eating a rotten egg. Whoa. Wow. When they came up with that, they just doubled their market share. Genius. They high-fived all around the office. Yeah, um, okay, let's do a summer egg where it's just uh, melts or something. I'm drinking, or I'm eating these, um, kid drinking, that's what I want to be doing. <laughs> I'm eating these uh, caramel eggs, and oh, these are, are very good. They're is mini, it just like you said. caramel in the middle, or is it also cream yeah. in there? Just caramel. Just caramel. Oh, okay, so it's like caramel, not like caramel-flavored Cadbury cream. Correct. It's like a caramello. Okay. The polar oh, part which, there is nice. That looks yeah. cool. That's like a commercial a good stretch. you just did there. Yeah, it's a yeah. good stretch. Thank you. Uh, um, one other thing that I'll so. mention about these eggs, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, over Easter in the UK, they had a free, <laughs> you're going to be surprised to hear that they were giving this away, a free limited supply at Subway Sandwich Shops. They had a Cadbury cream egg sub. Oh, my God. <laughs> What is in that? Well, so here's the thing. It sounds disgusting on the surface, but first of all, Cadbury chocolate in the UK, way better than it is here. Like basically primo chocolate. So that's already pretty good. It was just the like (laughs) – it was just just four to five Cadbury cream eggs on a toasted roll, and that was pretty much it. 
Oh my god, you, I would <laughs> I would take that down. That would be glorious. Ugh. I'm trying to you, get to the bottom of the star. Like why well, so, is there a star so, on the egg? Well, hold on. So I at first I was like, oh, Cadbury cream egg sub, but then I thought about it and like that's actually kind of a very French thing to have like chocolate warm on a toasted baguette or something like that. So why are you trying to sell us on this? This is a horrible <laughs> travesty. I'm all in. I, I can't wait to. I'm going to take a flight just so I can eat it. And then I mean, turn around the and thing, get just back go on. to your subway, go to your local subway sandwich shop to have them four to five Cadbury cream eggs and be like, could you put that? You don't on think a- I've tried that? Yeah. <laughs> they won't let you. They Who say he's talking to. You yeah, can't hand. You can't hand this. I'm not allowed to bring things in to put on the sandwich. Hey man, you, know, you wanna put this, want to put this? Could you put? Yeah. Could you put this meatball on no. this? And uh, throw a little uh, chipotle mayo on there while you're at it. Uh, yeah, I like the idea that you're like about that. You got to go to Subway to try this. Buy a piece of regular bread, which <laughs> tastes better than the rubber ass shit they use at Subway, <laughs> and just put an egg in it and put it in your mouth. Like, what do you, what do you need the Subway smell? Uh, you're right. I'll I'm going to go yeah, buy Cadbury eggs and I'm going to make the sandwich. I, I might. I keep thinking about it. Like I keep telling about it, people about it, and I keep selling myself on it more. I don't know. How did Pete die? Oh, um, <laughs> he ate four of these sandwiches and died with the biggest smile on his face you'll ever see. Yeah. Um, I got to say, way to go. Th- I, I was already in the tank for Cadbury cream eggs, but these are very good. Like when you get a good Cadbury cream egg, it is too much of a treat. I'm very wired right now, but I like it. Uh, can uh, we talk about why there's a star on there? Does anybody why? Know why? Do you know? No, it just because seems it's weird. the star of trivia. <laughs> That's not. True. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> you're out of your mind right now. You're so I'm so hepped up on candy. I can't believe <laughs> it's it. It's hilarious. I've never seen you this silly. It's so much. It's so much sugar. It's too well, much. and that's that's you know, why, why I would vibrated say, right now. That's why I would argue this is a bad. This is not a good candy. This is a. An almost dangerous candy. Even well, the little I'll ones. Ask you this: Which came first, the Cadbury chicken or the Cadbury egg? Uh, the Cadbury chicken. Egg. <laughs> what? Oh, you're just committing. The to Cadbury egg. egg came first. This was the first thing that started getting them. Yeah, this was a huge. Would you deal. eat if it was like a Cadbury egg, but it was chicken sized? It was filled with the same fluid. Yeah. Fluid. You guys think you're making this sound good? This sounds horrible. And honestly, I'm happy to have the caramel eggs because these I will get behind. Good. How good many treat. you had? Three. All right. Keep going, man. Keep going. No, I can't. Eat at least have five to equal one egg of regulation size. Oh, my God. What, what is this? Well, I'm the race to the bottom. I'm not trying to be like Alex. You can't even think straight right now. <laughs> All right. Well, my doorbell is ringing, so it's time to wrap up. You know what that means. (laughs) If you would like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to uh, Facebook and YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live on uh, TikTok and Instagram, comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, the Candy Men cast. (laughs) Woohoo! Yeah!